Hey, Daniel, it's me. Huh? What? Dude, it's three in the morning. So, like, here's a question. Would Why you... are you asking me a question at three in the morning? Come on, man, this is important. <sighs> Fine. Shoot. So, like, would you rather have a lightsaber dick... Oh, Jesus Christ. ...or an umbrella dick? Because, like, Riley. imagine the possibilities during Ri sex. Riley! And when... I'm hanging up now. God, rude asshole. No talk limits. No breaks. Just plain fun, jibber jabber. You are now locking into Riley off the radio. Riley off the radio. Well, holy fucking shit, I'm back, assholes. That was one hella long break. Nine months? What the hell? I had too much stuff on my plate that I had to put this fucking podcast on the back burner for almost a year. But no worries, I'm back, and that's all that matters right now. Before we get into things, let me ask you this. Who in his right mind wouldn't want to be famous? I'm not saying everyone wants to be filthy famous like uh, movie stars, because there's at least a healthy amount of fame that most of us would kind of mess with. And no, do not come at me with that, I don't want to do this for fame bullshit. Let's be real. It would really be cool to be famous to some degree, right? I mean, I've had my fair share of fame, from screaming teenagers coming at me with full force to... Uh, the casual Key Light fans who ask for a selfie. It felt awesome. These days, many kids and young adults see fame as something they would definitely love to do as a legitimate paying job. And it's not because of what they see on TV or in movies. It's, it's right there on, on social media. The glamorous, the hilarious, the ideal lifestyle embodied by these influencers. So that's what we're going to talk about today on Riley Off the Radio. Who the fuck are these guys? Why do so many people want to be like him? I'm not here to shit on influencers because I also know and work with local influencers from where I live. The difference is that there are legitimate influencers who know their shit and those who just do it for clout and free shit. And I'm coming after the latter. For this return episode, I decided to play with fate and go a bit extra. I kidnapped a fake-ass influencer, and we'll be interrogating them for science. <laughs> the cops are probably on to me right now, so I'm going to make the most out of my time with them. Let's get to the bottom of things, guys. Let me roll my cool transition track and get rid of this random boner for a second. Remember the song, I'd like to buy the world a Coke and keep it company. You probably don't, or some of you might say that's vaguely familiar. It's from the famous 1971 Coke TV ad that saw people of different races and shades singing their hearts out on top of a hill. It's all cute and catchy, with a text at the end of the ad saying, On a hilltop in Italy, we assembled young people from all over the world to bring you this message from Coca-Cola bottlers all over the world. It's the real thing, Coke. The song's catchiness and the message of world peace made the ad so popular that marketing pundits call it one of the best TV commercials ever made. I watched it again recently and it is, in fact, really cute and wholesome. 
And I think that's the ad that people who made the infamous 2017 Pepsi commercial had in mind. It stars Kendall Jenner as a millennial quote-unquote influencer turned activist. I'm sure you guys have seen this tone-deaf fiasco of an ad. I don't want to be copyrighted, so let me tell you how that shit plays out. So, we first get acquainted with an Asian dude passionately playing the cello and a photographer woman in a hijab getting frustrated with the pictures she took. Now, while these two lose their shit over their passion projects, there's a protest going on outside. And, get this, the entire street is filled with people of different races and shades with placards saying, join the conversation. Okay, so far, so good, nothing wrong with that. The crowd passes by Kendall Jenner and her team on a photo shoot. Soon after, the cello guy hears the commotion and drinks a can of Pepsi and decides to, well, join the conversation. Now, Miss Photographer also sees what's going on and decides to document the whole thing. Now, the protesters continue on their way with uh, Kendall growing increasingly concerned about what's going on. It's as if she's thinking, oh my god, these people are ruining my shoot. But no, cello guy locks eyes with her and encourages Kendall to come along. And in a determined act of social justice and equality, Kendall so expertly rips off her blonde wig, smears off her lipstick, and joins the protest. God damn. <laughs> I mean, upon first look, it doesn't really come off as tone deaf, right? Just you wait. So now everyone's complete. The protest is uh, reaching its height and uh, they are blocked by a group of white police officers acting as a human barricade. Now, Kendall, while carrying a can of Pepsi and suddenly has this intense look on her face, struts right in front of the cops, squares one up, and hands him the Pepsi. The woman in a hijab, on the other hand, finally gets the perfect shot showing Kendall and the cop bridging the gap between police brutality and social justice. And just like that, holy shit, Mr. Stoic Cop drinks from the can, and the protesters erupt in loud cheers, signaling the apparent arrival of world peace. <laughs> what really killed me here is how this white dude looks at his colleague cop and smiles, as if to say, you know what, Billy, I think violence ain't a solution. Socialism is key, yada yada. Wow. Who knew a can of Pepsi could bring in swift, positive change in this broken society? Why hadn't we thought of that? What followed was a sweeping condemnation from the already smoldering social media war on inequality that shut down this uh, despicable example of uh, hollow brand activism. Now, Pepsi acted fast and pulled the ad, but it was too late. The fiasco was turned into what the internet does best. A series of memes, a butt of jokes on Twitter, and even an SNL sketch. Kendall's image as an influencer also suffered, and although she wasn't totally locked out of the pop culture zeitgeist, it took her some time to rebuild her brand that this fake shit has caused. Meanwhile, public perception of the Pepsi brand dipped, reaching the lowest in 10 years. So, that's what it's like to be a mega-famous influencer, huh? It's shit like this that gives the very concept of an influencer a bad rep. Not to say that they weren't mired with the controversy since its recent boom in 2015, 
But, you know, it's basically adding insult to injury here. What is it that makes the life of an influencer so interesting? Like this. Nope, you're not allowed to talk unless I say so. Why am I here? My outfit, it's ruined. Girl, shut up. I won't hurt you. I'm not a legit kidnapper, see? I don't even have a mask on. I swear to God, I'm going If I let you go, would you calm down? I'm not going to hurt you. Jesus, man, I'm not a killer. What? I'm so confused. You're an influencer, right? I just want to talk. The fuck? Then why'd you tie me up? For theatrics? Theatrics? You're insane! It's for, uh, my podcast. It's called Abducting Influencers for Science. I... I don't... I don't even know what to think. I should... I should call the cops on you. This is not right. Uh-uh-uh. Wrong move. I'm not gonna hurt you, remember? And that makes it okay? You know what? Here. There. You're free. But not for you to go. Yet. Ouch! I just got my nails done, you asshole. Here, sit. Let's talk. This won't take long. After this, you're free to go. Where are we? A warehouse I rented out. Why all this? I just told you, theatrics. To get more listeners. Isn't it what influencers like you do? Like, do crazy shit for views? Hey! That is not what I do. I have 4,283 followers on Instagram and 10k followers on Twitter. I do not do crazy shit for views, and I'm not even a vlogger. There we go. Now we're talking. Fuck. You. Alright, Casey. So, you mentioned you have thousands of followers on Instagram and Twitter, but it's not that big compared to the likes of uh, David Gisson and other local influencers. So, I'm guessing you're a micro-influencer? The fuck is that? No, I'm an influencer. Period. As long as I have more than a thousand followers, I'm considered one. Okay, so which brands do you collaborate with? <laughs> Many brands. A lot of them. No, I mean, which specifically? What's your most recent collab with a brand? I'm not at liberty to say. It's confidential. Hmm, starting to doubt you being a legitimate influencer here, Casey. Wow, I don't even know you. You don't know me. I'm an influencer, and I spread positivity and self-love on my timeline. And I work with brands too. Which brands specifically? Whatever I like. I send them DMs so I could promote their products in exchange for a shout-out. I have really good IG story skills, and my tweets... They take off like wildfire. They don't contact you directly? Some of them do, but it's mostly a hustle for me. That's how I work. If you don't hustle, you're dead, especially as an influencer. But don't you think that's too much work? I mean, I also work with influencers, but they don't ask for free shit. Oh, you're an influencer too? No, I said I work with influencers. That's different. God. What's wrong with asking? 
I have a platform and I can promote their products for free. They just have to give me some samples and I review them, post a shout out, and it's a win-win. More exposure! More sales! I don't think you know how marketing works. How dare you! You kidnap me and take me to a warehouse and you call me a fucking fake? Fakefluencer. Oh my god! That's it! I'm no, no, so no, no, done. No, 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 wait, wait. Just calm down. Okay, okay. Just a couple more questions. You are treading on thin ice here, mister. Okay, so you ask brands for their products and give them a shout out on your social media profiles. Cool, cool. What else do you do as an influencer aside from product shout outs? I speak up on social issues because I believe that we should use our platforms to spread messages of hope and positivity. Interesting. So, do you participate in donation drives or voluntary humanitarian work? No. Like I said, I spread messages on Twitter. It's important to get the word out there. Yeah, but do you actually do more than spread the message? I am not going to answer that question. So what causes do you support? I love the LGBT gays. LGBT is a collective acronym. The G already stands for gay. Jesus, what's wrong with you? Whatever. Human rights, women's rights, supporting the government, and most recently, calling people out. There are so many people who have so much shit to say about issues, but don't have any suggestions on how to do it properly. Suggestions? What do you mean? Like... Like they keep posting their thoughts on social media about how this government is running the country to the ground. How the president is not equipped to handle the difficult situations. I shut them down because that's not how we should move forward as a nation. Move forward as a nation. But what if the errors are right in front of you? Do you still defend something that's blatantly falling? That's the problem with you people. You keep on complaining. Just follow the rules. It's literally that simple. If you don't have anything good to say, only negativity, then better think. This society is in need of positivity and love instead of negativity and people full of complaints about the government. If you don't have anything good to suggest, then shut the fuck up. Wow, you sound like Cat Arambulo. What? It's true. What do you think? Well, I think it's kind of fucked up that all you could say is for people to stay positive in the midst of the crises happening around us. I think influencers should step up and literally influence people into thinking critically. I mean, it's not just about the collabs, right? At the end of the day, it's also about giving people a reason to uh, challenge their biases and to spread awareness of the injustice and inequality happening around us. Jesus. Teenagers follow you on social media. You should be helping them become better people and to think about things that are bigger than themselves. What the hell, man? That's something a biased yellow tart would say. Oh, Jesus Christ. She finally went there. Okay, moving on. Going back to your work with brands, how do you measure the success of your campaign? When people engage with it. Duh. No, like, aside from, from that, how do you measure that data and use it for your other campaigns? Like, do you run Facebook ads? Do you segment your audience and use it for ad targeting? What are you talking about? That's for IT people. I'm not an IT person. 
I'm an influencer. I post shit. Make sure my audience sees it and encourage them to like or buy the product. But Casey, aren't you supposed to know these things? Because you're essentially running a social media campaign. No, I create and post content for engagement. The brands love engagement. Yeah, but if there's no return on that investment they made with you, then why bother? I mean, aren't influencers supposed to know how to run a social media campaign? Like, when you blog about something, there's got to be a way for you to measure how many people you're reaching and using that to, at the very least, boost your post. As I said, I'm not an IT person. I'm not a social media manager. And I'm absolutely not a blogger! But those people are usually one and the same! No, I don't think so. Bloggers and social media people don't have the same reach that influencers like me have. So, let me get this straight. You are an influencer, correct? Uh-huh. You ask for free stuff from brands- I don't ask for free stuff! I collaborate! Sure, you get these products in exchange for a shout-out with your 4,000 plus IG followers and 10k Twitter followers. And on top of that, you actively support social causes because you hate it when people criticize the government- That is not what I said. You're taking me out of context. Uh-huh, sure. Then you also support the, uh, according to your lingo, the LGBT gays and don't think that an influencer should know how to run a social media campaign or become a blogger at the same time because according to you, social media managers and bloggers don't have the same reach that an influencer like you has, correct? Casey, correct? Are we done here? I don't know, are we? Um, can I plug my socials on your podcast? No, you may not. You know, it's been nice talking to you. You can go now. That's it? I don't even get a chance to promote my brand? Yes, that's it. And you don't get a chance to promote your brand. Jeez, why did I even bother with you? Christ. Influencers, no matter how big their following is, are famous people one way or another. They enjoy a life of excitement and constant collaboration in an age where social media is the current language of most people. It kind of makes sense for teenagers, heck, even adults, to want to be one. But where do you draw the line here? The reason why brands and businesses love partnering with influencers is because it evokes a sense of authenticity compared to celebrities as endorsers of a product or a service. Hearing it from the eyes of an influencer makes it appear easily attainable, one that everyone can have, everyone can buy, and everyone can be. Recent polls show that about 92% of consumers trust influencers to recommend products rather than celebrity endorsers, like that of Kendall Jenner and the Pepsi fiasco. But with thousands, even millions of followers, these influencers wield more power than just a simple brand collaboration. They also have a similar influence over public opinion. By creating an idealized version of who you are, well, influencers reach multitudes of people across different social classes because they are, in fact, relatable and authentic. But at the end of the day, influencers are just like us, imperfect, and oftentimes guided by unconscious emotions. 
But you know, all this hype surrounding self-branding isn't new. In 1959, sociologist Irving Goffman used a metaphor of、uh, theater in his book *The Presentation of Self in Everyday Life*. He talks about a social concept called dramaturgy, which is basically an analysis of how we present ourselves to other people. When we are on stage, as Goffman puts it, we are aware that we're being watched. We are constantly engaged in the process of impression management, where a person tries to present themselves and behave in a way that looks pleasing and desirable to others. Think of it as this: you're a different person at a family dinner than when you are having dinner with your friends. You're also a different person when you're posting about your latest haul from the department store than you are the next day talking to your coworkers about the latest project you need to work on. When we're off stage, Goffman says, we get the relief of our privacy, where we can be ourselves, more authentic at that, and without the pressure of public scrutiny. But at the same time, while we're off stage, we are still at work in creating an idealized version of us. What will you be wearing tomorrow? How will you present yourself at the next Zoom meeting? How should you respond to a text from your ex? You know, thinking about this whole Pepsi fail, I think it's telling of how each of us participate in some kind of brand activism. What the right ideas to communicate, the proper terms to say, anything to sell, and gain the acceptance and prestige to use our social media presence to influence. I mean, think about it. We're all on social media, bouncing off of each other's likes, shares. Retweets, posts, comments, and dislikes to influence each other, and in a way, create each other. We are all actively creating this brand that we so desperately want to exude. So maybe authenticity is just a social construct. It's human nature to want to belong, to desire a companion or a group. Our bonds with co-humans will always be there. And this, in turn, means doing everything that it takes to protect our personal brands with the right signals to each other. The restraints that we inflict on the unconscious parts of ourselves. Being an influencer is more than just the free shit, the glamour, the, the collaboration, the fame, and the gimmick. It's literally about influencing the current zeitgeist. Shaping the minds of our followers and viewers to think the way we think. Being an influencer is just like being the Pope, albeit with a little bit of marketing and collaboration involved. So I'm not sure that being an authentic influencer is a thing. Sure, social media is a way for us to be ourselves, and it's not an inauthentic platform to begin with. But at the same time. It also falls under the on-stage happenings, the shit we do, and the roles we play in order to belong, and foster that feeling for a long time. Maybe you're the influencer tuning into this podcast because you're waiting for me to fuck up and say something against you. Sorry, I don't hate you. As I said earlier, most of my friends are legitimate influencers, and I have nothing against them because they are doing things the right way. 
Maybe you're someone who's tired of this interesting subset of people online and hoping for me to shit on them. Fuck you, I'm not going to do that. Whichever side you belong to, I want to pose this question. What if authenticity is just something we made up to further our desire to belong in one form or another? What if, collectively, humanity is inherently fake? (laughs) 